All right, my friends, welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Courtney Conley. She is a chiropractor based out of Denver, Colorado. She is an instructor for Rock Tape and also an instructor for her own education course called Top Down, Bottom Up and has partnered with her new fiance, Dr. Joe Lavaca. She's an incredibly accomplished woman. We had a great conversation. I'm just gonna jump right into it. Here we go. Indeed. It's a it's it's good one. It's cold. It's cold right now. We just got done with our biggest snowstorm of the year so far. And just Where are you guys? We're in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we're at seven thousand feet and man it was awful. So it was the type of snow where it was like raining first and then it started snowing. So by the time you get out there shoveling it, each shovel it was like fifty pounds, so just shoveling all day long. It's awful. But anyway. We got about two feet. No way. Yeah. So. I didn't realize you guys got so much snow out there. Yeah. So we have a ski resort and everything. I know. It's really funny. When people think of Arizona, they think of, you know, cactuses and desert. And yeah. <laughs> but we're I like, like yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's really small, but that's why I have the podcast is so I can reach out to my friends and get more information because there's not a whole lot of people in Flagstaff that think and talk like me. So you know, just get to reach out and talk to everyone. It's great. It's good um, to see you. Yeah. Um, so first off, congratulations on your engagement. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, you know, that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is, you know, I attended your first uh, top down bottom up course last year. And then all of a sudden you're like teaching in Australia. Like what's that like? Yeah. It, uh, it happened pretty quickly. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah, it happened pretty quickly. You know, we launched that course in December. You came to the first one. Right. And then, um, you know, people from around, you know, social media has been uh, pretty awesome as far as reaching people from all over the globe. Yeah. So we had uh, a good response out of the Denver course. So then we had people reach out to us kind of from all over. And then, you know, between my schedule and Joe's schedule, and we both have two little girls. So trying to get all that together, we put together a series of courses uh, this year. And um, we're trying to do one international course a year. So this year it was, uh, it was Australia and it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's so epic because it's you – you think about social media and you can either use it for good or you could just like melt your brain in there, you know? And so if you just build like the right connections, you can do anything. And that just didn't exist like a while ago. You know, my dad's been a massage therapist for over 20 years and he never had that when he started out, but now I can reach all kinds of different people 
And, you know, when I started the podcast, I was just like, let's see if this person wants to come on. And then they do. And I'm like, sweet. And then, you know, and then, or just like, hey, I want to teach a course in New Zealand. Let's see if there's anybody there that wants to host it. And then they do. And then you're like, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, um, you know, I think social media can get a bad rap, but if you can kind of control it and make sure that, you know, you're not getting too deep into kind of the some of the things you can get sucked into, it can really be a benefit. I mean, not only have we been able to teach the courses, you know, the top down, bottom up courses, but as far as my, I have a couple of practices in Colorado. Yeah. It's just been, that's been our form of marketing for the practices. Right. Which is so, a new way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so how long have you been in Colorado? 2009. So about 10 years now. Okay. Was- right on. Yeah. So my wife's family is from there. My best friend lives there now. So like we go there, you know, six to 10 times a year. That's like, God, I love that place. It's amazing. Yeah, next time you're here, let's, uh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> let's do whatever. Just I'll sit there and listen to you talk about the foot for like an hour and just be like, <laughs> which is my, <laughs> which is my favorite part about the course is like, you know, you guys are really good together because you'll just like, get your little foot model and start like going so deep. And then Joe's just watching. And as soon as the eyes glaze over, he, he just like makes a noise. You're like, Oh yeah, there's people here. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) start. It's really awesome. Um, so what made you want to be a chiropractor? Um, I had gone to university of Maryland and then I actually did a semester in Australia. So I lived in Australia for a semester Um, And I came back and I was actually going to go to physical therapy school. Um, But, you know, I kind of did a couple interns and I just wanted to switch gears a little bit. So my father, he's a big golfer. So he always had, you know, taken me to see his chiropractor. So that's kind of how I went about doing that. And then I ended up in um, Chicago. And then you got interested in the foot while you were still in school, right? Yeah, so uh, Dr. Sean Allen was a big mentor of mine. He uh, is one of the gate guys. Okay. Uh, Ivo Warlock. So he yeah. was uh, my professor um, for trimester six at National. So he was a big biomechanics guy, and he loved the foot. So he kind of got me all interested in it. And then um, I took a bunch of continuing education courses with him and Ivo and um, – Sean Eno and he's yeah. a podiatrist out in Colorado. So that's kind of how I got going there. I ended up working in a couple orthotic labs um, once I moved to Colorado and you know I learned a lot about the foot by being around people who you know made orthotics all the time. So yeah that's so interesting. So I learned about my lack of foot function in the functional range conditioning course and was just astounded at how I couldn't even I didn't even know what to do with it. Like, you know, you just start staring at it. Like, what the hell is that thing supposed to do? <laughs> and then, you know, since then I uh, really started focusing on that quite a bit and, you know, getting my toes activated, my intrinsic foot strength up. And now like the gym that um, I work out of, we're just a barefoot gym. So everybody that's in there is barefoot and it's just, it's huge. And, you know, I think in all of our education, at least when I was in school, I think uh, the rehabilitation for really most parts of the body have really come along, you know, yeah. uh, down at the foot, for some reason, we've been a little, a little kind of slow to kind of come along here, you know, Kind of, I always say, you know, 
patients come in with back pain, you don't stick them in a back brace for 10 years, but we have patients all the time that come in with, um, you know, orthotics, for example, that have been wearing them for, for just years. So being able to educate so many people on the importance and the function of the foot has just been huge. Yeah. And so just, uh, just being a massage therapist and taking, you know, a lot of different courses that I took, including the one that you guys teach, like, it just makes me wonder, like, do I even know what I'm talking about? Cause there's like a lot of people that come into our gym and into my office that, you know, went and saw their podiatrist and then told me the advice that the podiatrist gave them. And I'm just like, what? Like, you know, I have Achilles tendon pain. So what you should do is get a heel. That's the highest heel that you can get. And I'm just like, that doesn't even make any sense. Cause then that shortens the muscle and it just doesn't make sense. It's weird. It's been, I'm so grateful that you you took the course and you got something out of it because yeah. when we were in Australia, we had a couple um, podiatrists in the course. Yeah. So it's been one of the greatest things about that course is that we've been able to bring like massage therapists, podiatrists, you know, chiros, athletic trainers, physical therapists, and kind of put everybody under one roof because then you have an awesome referral system of now here's my massage therapist I can refer to. Here's my podiatrist. And we're all kind of on the same, you know, grounds of we need to improve function and improve how this person's actually interacting with their environment. And, um, yeah, that's what, that's when I think has been one of the biggest blessings of that course. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's, I feel like we're kind of stuck in these archaic systems of education. And so I think that, uh, what, everybody's doing with their individual courses is kind of pushing all these different modalities like towards a new understanding, you know, cause like you said, like if there's these people that are foot doctors, but they're coming to your course to learn more about gait. And I think that's just crazy, you know? And so like in my, in my profession, it's a, you know, it's like the deep tissue thing. Like people are like, well, I want deep tissue. I'm like, do you even know what that means? Like you don't even, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, do you know, are you saying that because you think that's the thing that you need to say? Because like, you know, what, what you learn at uh, like rock tape, for instance, is we're affecting the nervous system with what we do. And so if there is a muscle that's hypertonic, then it's under threat. And so why would you add more of a threat response? It doesn't make sense. You know, I think that's a new, a relatively new concept for a lot of people. And it is one of the ones that we drive home in all of our rock tape classes is that, you know, we are, it's all about the nervous system. Right. And influence sensory input um, to affect motor output there. So, yeah, I think that's a kind of a newer concept in our, in our world. Yeah, it, I agree completely. And it's really frustrating because uh, for a majority of my career, I worked for myself and now I'm starting to, uh, take up different jobs with uh, other people and it's we're still kind of stuck in that that narrative and it's a societal narrative and then unfortunately I feel as though our profession reinforces that narrative and that's really I'm really struggling with that and you know it's also kind of an ego thing where I'm like well I know more so you know but that's like well one thing i learned one thing i learned a long time ago is just when you think you know what you're doing you don't right just when i'm like oh i I feel pretty confident about you know what i'm looking at with someone's foot and gait and there's always going to be that case or that patient that comes in where you're like looking at yourself going god do i know anything and that's what's awesome about what we do because that's what keeps us keep wanting to learn more and you go back to the research and you go back to the books and 
you know, there's certain patient cases that I lay awake at night thinking about, you know, and those are the ones that I think really groom us as clinicians because when, uh, when the humility goes away, then I think things uh, turn into a problem. Right. And I go through that period, like every couple of months where I'm like, God, do I know what the hell I'm talking about? Is this real? Like, you know, but that's why I keep attending all these education courses. Cause I keep trying to fill gaps in my knowledge, because like you said, those people come in and just blow your understanding out of the water. And you're just like, well, shit, I thought I was like an expert in this. Like what's happening. You know, that's one of the things we also talk about in rock tape quite a bit is that there is no protocol. Like, you know, patients right. come in and they have plantar fasciitis and, you know, I think especially students coming out of school, they want to say, well, if your patient has plantar fasciitis, then you do A, B, C, and D. And nobody's body works like that. You know, no. there is no protocol um, for really anything. So, you know, that's what I think is fun about what we do is being able to look at the person, kind of ignore their diagnosis and symptoms, if you will, and then just really assess how they're moving, look at how they're you know, like I said, interacting with their environment and then figuring out where that, you know, I, the elephant in the room is or where their major dysfunctional pattern is and then attacking that rather than going after, you know, foot pain or ankle or whatever it is. Right. And so, you know, it's, you definitely see patterns with all the different people that come in. So if somebody comes in presenting with a pattern, but that doesn't mean that that's exactly what's going on. And that's why I think it's uh, beneficial for me and this new wave of chiropractors and PTs out there that are spending more time with people because I think that's a big downfall of um, all those professions is you, you know, like, especially like in the chiropractic world, like uh, especially in Flagstaff, Arizona, it's just the, the crack them and pack them, you know, they just like get them in, get them out. I'm like, so that's, how do you know what that back pain is? Is it inflammation? Is it, actually a disc what is it is it a nerve issue is it a muscle issue what's happening like listen to what the client is saying and you can't do that in 15 minutes you know when i um moved out here i was i first had a practice in downtown chicago and from a chiropractic stand the insurance in chicago was you know it was a it was good insurance you could say moved to colorado and it was a different story and you know they the board of the chiropractic association literally told me, well, just see more patients in an hour. And I was like, I can't do that. Right. So we dropped insurance about five years ago now. And, you know, my staff was concerned about patient retention. And, you know, I, I told them patients will pay for time because if you listen to them and you give them time, not only are you going to um, really be able to hone in on what's going on, but, you know, I think a lot of patients getting well is that biopsychosocial interaction and being them being able to trust you. And, you know, you really have to listen to them. And in a visit that's 10 minutes long dictated by an insurance company, you just don't have the time to do it. Right. And then they might need stuff that's not covered from insurance or whatever it is. I had a, a client of mine who owns a business and her whole entire business is based around, um, dealing with insurance companies with uh, families that have autistic children and that's it. That's like her whole entire job. And so I was asking her, Hey, should I take insurance? She's like, no, it's the most complicated thing in the world. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And they dictate how much you're worth and what your what that particular treatment is worth. And they sometimes you, 
might not even get paid from them. Sometimes you get paid a little bit and it's just not even worth it. And it's, you know, such a sham anyway. Um, you know, one of my friends, uh, needs knee surgery as a torn meniscus. And, you know, so what they did was they were like, Oh, so you met your deductible. So we're actually going to try and push your surgery back until next year so that you have to cover it and we don't have to pay for it and all kinds of garbage like that. It's just so insane. Right. Right. Jeez. So, uh, did you start your own practice right away or did you work for somebody or how'd that work? I, uh, when I was in Chicago, I worked, I got, I graduated and then went and worked as an associate for about three years. Okay. And then, um, I opened up my practice in, um, downtown Chicago. I just rented a little room out of this Pilates studio. And actually, um, my neighbor who was in that studio was Robert Lardner. Okay. I don't know if you know who he is, but he, um, is a physical therapist. He's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met. So that was also kind of a little blessing. He, uh, he's an instructor for DNS and, okay. um, he wrote, uh, the Yonda approach with Claire. Okay. So, Man. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's a hard thing to, that's a hard statement to yeah, wrap so, my head around when you say he's the smartest person I've ever met. I'm like, wow. You've <laughs> I mean, he is, if you get an opportunity to take a course from him. Um, but yeah, I think, I really think I've learned more from, you know, you surround yourself with, you know, the right people. And I think that's where you gain your, your experience. Yeah. And so that's what I crave about all those different education courses that you attend is everybody's there for the same reason, you know? And so, and that's the, the big thing that I'm trying to preach right now is like, whether you're a massage therapist or physical therapist, chiro, whatever it is, if you're going to this course, we're all doing the same thing. There's just different ways of accomplishing that goal, which is to make humans function better and without pain. So like, you know, that's a big thing in, uh, in Flagstaff cause we're so small. It's just this huge, competition between everybody and nobody's really working together and it drives me crazy because i'm just like what, what makes you think that like i'm going to steal your business or whatever it is like it's we're all doing the same thing we need to keep functioning that way yeah i mean we have in i have my practices in golden colorado and you know again some of my staff if there's a chiropractor that opens up like right down the street everybody gets all nervous about it i'm like listen you know there's there's we should be utilizing our friends as referral sources, right? Like right. everybody has their area that they're, that they specialize in. So right. we need to kind of share the, share the wealth and the, in the knowledge, right. And the goal, yeah. we, we need to put this patient in under the best possible care that they need. So if that means that, you know, Joe chiropractor down the street can offer them something better to get them better, then we need to be able to say, I'm sending you to this person. And in this way, the, the ultimate goal is patient health care, not, you know, I need all this for me. You know, it just right. doesn't work that way. It, right. And so, you know, especially with gyms, like, cause uh, I'm a personal trainer also, and you know, all the gyms are super competitive and I'm just like, well, you have 30 people and I have like 12 people and this gym has like 50 people, but there's 75,000 people in Flagstaff. So what you have is a marketing problem not a competition problem. And so it's just like, that's what's going on. And then especially like in Colorado, like, you know, there's so many people to moving to Denver every month. It's bananas. And so if you are, if your business is struggling, you need to figure out what the other businesses are doing and do that. 
you know, yeah. because it's a, it's, it's a marketing problem. It's, we're just trying to make people better. Let's just work together and make people better for crying out loud. Yeah. I just read a really good book called uh, the go giver. Um, and it's a really quick read, but it's about, um, you know, that the success to a business isn't really in receiving it's giving and right. giving away your knowledge and helping others and, you know, not, you know, really being selfish as far as patient care. And, and, you know, I think that's, it's a huge concept, but yeah, that was a, uh, we're going to be making a uh, post on that book, but I love that book. It was kind of a, a little game changer as far as getting you back to what the, yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I love, that's the other thing I love about the podcast is my book list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so that's a really important concept because you give out, you know, so you give out a lot of information on Instagram and everybody that I follow does, you know, so basically um, you're just giving out all the information that's in your course. You're just, your course is how to organize it. And so that's what I'm working really hard on right now is because I want to be, um, you know, pushing the massage therapy field as far as education goes. Because right now it's like really remedial and very archaic and it doesn't even make sense in the way that the world is presented right now. And so, you know, I'm trying to give out as much information as I possibly can so that all these massage therapists are like, oh, so the low back pain isn't from the low back normally cool. So what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it could mean anything. So, you know, what I always say is now, like the further I get into my education, I completely understand where my car mechanic is coming from when I call him. And I'm like, so when I'm driving down the highway around 45 miles an hour, my car starts to sputter, but then it goes away at 60. And he's like, I don't know what's happening. Just bring it in. I don't know. And so when people call me with low back pain, I'm like, you're going to have to come in because it could be anything. It could be yeah. any number of dysfunctions. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the that's what we've tried to do with the Instagram account is, you know, I, it all started with me just getting excited about like, you know, some cool foot stuff. And I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking anything about it. You know, one of my, my good friends, Shante, um, you know, I was talking to her at one of our instructor summits down at for rock tape and she kind of guided me on what to do. And I was like, all right, I'll just start posting every day. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was really fun. And then it kind of, like I said, it, kind of blew up overnight. I'm still not quite sure how that happened. Um, but I've never, you know, if I thought of something or I saw something work with a patient, it was my first thought was, let me share this with other people right. so that they can help their patients. And, you know, I, that's been probably one of the biggest, you know, things I love about hearing is when other practitioners email me or you know, message me and they're like, I did so-and-so with this patient and they're now out of pain and they're moving better. I mean, that's what uh, gets my heart going because that was the very intent from the beginning. Right. And it's just whatever. So that's the other weird part. And I think Shante's really good at that, but like Gary Vaynerchuk too, like whatever knowledge that you have, just assume that somebody else doesn't have it and that's what they need. Yeah. And so even if it's like basic knowledge to you, other people still need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, so just put it out there. And so, you know, my other favorite story is, um, you know, just start doing something. So like, you know, when I started my podcast, I did, I got to episode 32 and I was uh, interviewing um, a chiropractor by the name of Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. And he was 
like, Hey, how come you don't have a microphone? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're a podcaster. I'm like, Oh, I am. Okay. I should probably get a microphone. You know? Well, it's funny, Desi, because I, as soon as I looked at it, I was like, wow, I'm like, he's got a microphone over there and everything. <laughs> I know, but you're like my 58th episode, I think. I should probably have it together by now. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, Jen and I have talked about getting a podcast together for next year. Yeah. Um, it is some work, man. I'm telling you. It is. But so like I just use, I just used GarageBand initially. Yeah, that's what um, yeah. And then, um, I just had a, a recording app on my phone. So I would just like set it up and then just call people and yeah. then just record the phone call. But then, uh, my second interview with, uh, Joe was so amazing. It was so amazing. And then the app failed and I was like, fuck, Wait, he told me, he told that, me. Was, that was the best. <laughs> that was the best interview ever. And nobody's going to hear it. Well, Lavaca can talk a lot, so I'm sure uh, he has no problem uh, keeping it interesting for a very long time. <laughs> no, it's fine. And so it's like, but then, uh, so then I started with uh, Zoom, and that okay. works out really well because then um, you can have a video, but and just and it ext it extracts the audio, but then you can have the video as a backup because multiple times I had the audio not record all the way. But then you just extract the the uh, audio from the video, and then you have a backup, and so right. that's the way to go. And you know, just uh, just getting started. And so you know, I don't even when um, I've had probably four or five uh, people that are like, "What do you want to talk about?" I'm like, "Shit, I don't know." So then I have to think about all the stuff that I want to talk about, and then I get all super nervous, and it's all really awkward. Instead of just like jumping on and having a conversation, which is like basically what we would do if I shot you a message and was like, Hey, let's get coffee while I'm in Colorado. You know what I mean? Talk about the same stuff. Um, and then, you know, the, the biggest thing and the reason why I started this podcast was to just get people, you know, to kind of be inspired to kind of go out on their own and do their own thing. Because I think that that's a huge, that's a huge deal. And so like, especially in the massage therapy world, like majority of them get out of school, go to uh, massage envy, you know, do eight hours a day, five days a week and get burned out and quit. You know what I mean? And then I think that's, um, you know, I see a lot of uh, younger chiropractors here in Flagstaff kind of uh, dealing with the same thing, you know, just they're, they want to do something else, but they're just so stuck in that pattern. So let's, uh, let's, Let's talk about when you, um, so here's the other interesting part is like you moved from Chicago to Denver, like, and then just started a whole new practice all over again. How scary was that? Um, you know, when I was in Chicago, I, I had that practice there for a couple of years and started to get busy. And then I kind of reevaluated my life and I said, you know, do I want to be here? Because when you own a practice or a business, you know, it's clearly not ideal to get things going and then move again and then get it going and then move again. I mean, you have to stick around and kind of, you know, create, um, create the business, become a part of the community. So it, it was a tough call to move because things were really starting to get busy, but I knew I had to go somewhere where I wanted to really stay. Um, so it was funny. I came, I was uh, in Chicago and I knew I was going to move and I was thinking about moving back home to Pittsburgh. Um, and then the friend of mine said, well, why don't you come out to Colorado for the weekend and check things out here? So I came out here for one weekend 
literally flew back, sold my practice, packed up all my shit, and in a month left. Right on. It was one of those, like, sometimes you just got to jump and there's always going to be somebody there to catch you. Yeah. And, you know, you got to take those risks because if you don't, then you end up just running around in circles and life gets, you know, boring. So, and yeah, I moved out here and I was ready to go. So I opened up um, a practice in Idaho Springs, Colorado, which um, going from downtown Chicago, Idaho Springs is one road. Yeah. <laughs> it is the smallest mountain town that I had ever, you know, I was used to a big city. Yeah. And I remember going, how the hell am I going to have a practice in this town? Um, but something I learned very quickly was if you do good work, um, especially in a small town, word travels very quickly. So um, things actually got pretty busy. And then I opened up, um, I started doing a satellite office, which was about an hour away from Idaho Springs. So I was kind of running around Colorado and, um, you know, I just worked, worked a lot. I love to work, which, you know, I think sometimes is a uh, downfall of mine, but you know, if you just put your head down and get the job done, then usually uh, things happen. Right. And so that's a, uh, that's, I'm the same way. I love working and I work every day essentially, but, and each person that comes in is a different presents differently. So then I have this new mystery that I need to figure out, like, you know, kind of like a CSI episode. You're just like, Ooh, let's see what's going on here. You know, and it's super exciting. And then, you know, every time, um, you know, some of my personal training clients come in with aches and pains and I figured out how to really integrate massage therapy into the personal training world. So that's really fun. And then I teach kin stretch like one day a week and, you know, it's just really, if you love what you do, then it's not a problem. And right. so, and you know, like you're just, it's so, yeah, it's so exciting. And that's what I keep trying to tell people, like, just do it, man. Like just start something because yeah. you'd be so happier, so much happier just starting something. And then you have, you know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. And it's, yeah, you know, I think the fear factor can sometimes, um, deter people from a lot of things but you know I can't imagine doing something or having to get up and go to work every day if it wasn't something that I love to do right spend a lot of time at our you know jobs and I think everybody ha can have an enormous impact on you know this society if they put their heart and souls into something that they love to do and frankly if you don't love to do it you got to find something that you do love to do because right. then it just becomes easier. And then, you know, but I understand that, you know, sometimes that um, risk factor is, you know, weighs heavily on people's minds, but I've, I've done it several times, both personally and professionally. And I have to say that every time um, there's been a significant amount of positivity on the other side of it. Right. And so there's also the, the scary part of, doing your business on your own is sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. And that's like the, and every time it's down, I'm just like everybody else where I'm like, shit, I'm out of business. But then like a week later, <laughs> you know, a million people come in, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's just, all about patience. yeah. And you just gotta, you just gotta keep going. Cause some days it's going to suck and some days it's going to be better. And it's just going to, it's really terrifying. People have that downtime, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's when, you create stuff and that's where I'm working on my online course right now. And I'm working on an online training program and I'm like doing all this stuff. So if I was working consistently throughout the day, I wouldn't be able to have 
podcast interviews, I wouldn't be able to be working on all that other stuff or revamping yeah. my website or whatever it's it is. That's a good point to take advantage of the downtime, you yeah. know, and being grateful for it and saying, you know, okay, if I have, you know, this downtime today, then you just keep it focused and, you know, these are the things that I'm going to work on because the worry and the fear and the anxiety don't do anybody any good. So no, I mean, to organize all of that. And, you know, that was something I struggled with. Um, when I first got out of school was, you know, I had to have all these patients all the time and I needed to be busy. And, you know, I'm running out there like, you know, doing marketing for events that I, you know, just things that I really didn't, didn't want to be like, I wanted to be working with, you know, the running population. And I, you know, I, but then you're so scared. So you're like, I just want anybody who will come in. Right. That's just not the way to go about it. You know, if you, I think, you know, Sean used to tell me, Sean Allen to, you know, you pick something that you really like to do. And then if you really like foot and gate, then you become the foot and gate person. You go hang out at shoe stores, you go to running events, you go everything that is going to be geared towards your niche, right? And a lot of people would say, well, you're excluding so much of the population when you're just the, you know, foot and gate person. And it's like, well, not really, because then when you become the foot and gate person, then everybody in your community says, well, I don't need to go to see her for my whiplash, but if you want a foot and gate person, here you go. So it kind of tunnels your, um, your patient base and then you get to really do what you like to do. Right. And then the, the referrals that you get are going to work for you because they're those people's friends. And if you like those people, then you'll probably like those people too, because there's some people out there that suck pretty bad and you don't want them to be in your office. You know what I mean? Cause the, the second you're like, Oh shit, this person's coming in today. Then you're starting to not like your job a little bit more. You know what I mean? And so everybody's not for you. And that's when you're just like, Hey, you know, this person might be better for you. Go check them out. Yeah, and that's where the referral base comes in because you aren't going to jive with everybody that comes through the door. You know, people's personalities are different. I think that's one of the cool things that we're doing in the movement specialist course, the new course for rock tape. Yeah. In the begin, have you taken that course yet? No, um, it's on my it's on my list. The um, the day one of that course, we go through like a personality kind of test, and you figure out which color you are, which. You know, I, I have always found it to be pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, in the course, we talk about, you know, if you're an orange personality, for example, then this is how you should communicate with somebody who has this type of personality. If this is your patient, then this is how they will best respond to communication, you know, exercise program, yada, yada. Now, if you don't, if your two personalities don't jive, then that's when you can possibly say, listen, I think you're going to be very, uh, a lot more successful working with so-and-so. Right. You know, and I, I haven't had to do that too many times in practice, but I did have a um, patient this year who unfortunately um, had gone down the opioid addiction route. And I put so much time and in, in effort into that case that I can't even tell you. And I'd lay awake thinking about this girl and I'm thinking, why am I not getting through to her? Yeah. And, um, you know, it was at that point where I'm like, I, oh, we're just not jiving. Yeah. Well, cause I felt bad. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I, I'm fighting an addiction here. I'm fighting this personality that I can't 
work with. And I finally had to say, well, this person you're going to work better with. And, you know, I try to keep tabs on her, but I think she's fighting a bigger battle than most of us can handle. So, but I'm hoping that she's uh, with the right person now. Right. Which is the hard part about our job is trying to get like, there's people are in their way most of the time. And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that other than just, you know, whatever their problem is. So like if you're, if they come into your office and you know, they're like, well, nobody's been able to fix me. You're like, okay, so why do you need to be in pain all the time then? You know what I mean? So then it's like, cause some people it's a, it's a subconscious need for affection and that's how they get it. That's how they get people to care about them. You know what I mean? And then there's, it could be any kind of, any number of different things and just sitting there and talking to them and giving a shit like what you were talking about earlier is usually the fast track to them getting better. Oh, nobody's actually cared about me before. So that's a big step forward. You know, like I had a client that came in and I worked with her for an hour and she was like, that was really life changing. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a huge compliment. You know what I mean? Just because I sat there and I was like, okay, so what's happening here? Right. And she started going through her old past and was like, oh, well, just the fact that you survived, that's pretty incredible. Like, that means you're the strongest person I've ever talked to. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's now let's move on and figure out like what is going on here because this isn't what your real problem is. Like there's, there's this, uh, nobody ever told you good job. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes that's all people need. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge, it's a good point there. I, I, you know, I always say if you listen to the patient, uh, they'll tell you how to fix them. Yeah. You did them long enough, they'll, they'll really tell you how to, con- really how to address their issues and, you know, how to work best with them so that uh, they can start to, you know, improve their quality of life. Yeah. That's so epic. So how, how often are you teaching? Um, that's, that's funny. I was, before we jumped on the phone, I was on, on uh, the phone with our HR person from Rock Tape. Um, I am teaching probably once or twice a month in 2020. Okay, cool. So and we have the top down, bottom up going, and then I also have the Rock Tape courses going. Yeah, and the, and the movement specialist one I'm really interested in, and I'm, that's probably on tap for 2020. I'm really looking forward to getting on that one. And so that's another... Uh, problem that I have is that I ran out of money for education. So now I have to like save up for stuff. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Cause you know, every time, like right when you guys were like, we're doing this course, I'm like signed up, boop, you know, and now I can't do that. So I got to wait and save money. It's dumb. Yeah, anyway. so, um, I need to do some, uh, I was just looking at what courses I kind of want to retake or do this year. And yeah, yeah I'm excited. we're teaching, I'm teaching with, uh, Brett Winchester and Rich. Um, okay. So those are, Brett is a, uh, also a DNS guy. So is Rich, but, uh, I took the DNS gate course with them. Okay. Bo Beard asked me to speak at the rehab to performance summit, which I believe is the end of May. Yeah. So that's going to be geared all on lower extremity mechanics and gate. And so I'm super stoked for that. And, you know, it's funny because the, I still get so nervous when I'm talking in or when I'm speaking at these things because you know, it's, but that's what makes it fun, you know? Yeah. Um, so those were the first courses that I took when I got out of massage school was, you know, I obviously took rock tape 
It was yeah. my very first one. But then I took a DNS exercise one, two, and three and kind of started going down that route. And so, you know, I'm very familiar with that. And, you know, just there, it's just so, there's so much that we need to know. And then everybody teaches different. And then, so like I told you earlier, I want to be an educator as well. So now I'm like looking at people that I haven't learned from before and I'm going to go take their course just so I can see how they teach, you know, cause like Dr. Perry's like one of my favorite teachers. I love that guy. And he's just like always yelling at you because he's so excited about what he's teaching. It's so much fun, you know, and I haven't learned from Shante yet, but I really want to get on that. And that, you know, it's a, it's just really, there's so much to absorb. And so like the way that you talk about the foot is probably different than the way other people talk about it. And it's just, there's so much more. So just like it. And that's the other thing about like not integrating with the people around you. It's like insulting to me that they think that I can't learn from them or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like if you have experience, then I want to learn from you. Um, so uh, Dino of uh, Ian Marco. Yeah, so he uh, was traveling all across the country teaching kin stretch classes everywhere. And when he got to Flagstaff, he was teaching, he was talking to me about how he was struggling trying to get people to host him. And I'm like, why? That doesn't even make any sense. Like, and he said that they're, they're threatened by me because of like whatever. And I'm like, well, the, I, what I learned from him and his coaching style in that hour and a half that he was teaching that kin stretch class just blew my mind and completely changed the way I coach people. Yeah. And it's so amazing. Like, why wouldn't you invite those people? They're not like, if you came to my gym and started teaching a gate course, I wouldn't be like, shit, Courtney's going to steal all my clients. Nope. Yeah. Because you're going home. You're not coming <laughs> back here. <laughs> and so like, why would you think that way? It's so weird. Yeah, he, taught, um, he was at our other office in Lakewood. Oh yeah. Yeah. So through and, um, I was introduced to him through Sean. Okay. Um, Joe through Joe. Yeah. And so God, he's such a good coach. It's unbelievable. Did you take the class with him? I would Joe and I were out of town teaching or else we would have. Oh man. So good. So that's a, so the place where we took the top down bottom up, that's your second office. Yeah. That's actually where he was. Oh yeah. And so, um, so how do you run two different offices then? I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I um. So I had I started with the golden office. Yeah. Um, and I was in uh, I think my original square footage was five hundred feet. Okay. Five hundred square feet, which yeah. is a closet. Yes. Um. That's like the size of my office right now. So it's yeah. very small. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's what worked. And you know, I think when you're starting your business, the you know, one of my father always told me, he's like, you go as low overhead as you can. Till you get things going, because you don't want to be, you know, getting yourself in a bunch of debt before you even get out the door. Right. So I started there. Then we moved up here, and um, so I have. Uh, this is kind of our main office. Yeah. So this is where we have two other chiros, a massage therapist, um, and then I have my business partner, Dr. Caroline Seidel, who is a new instructor for Rock Tape. So I'm super stoked about that. Right on. She runs the Lakewood office. Okay. Cool. So it's kind of nice because I'm done running from office to office. I did that for 15 years. And, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to do that. Right. You know, but now, you know, things have really kind of gelled together. So she runs that office over there. And um, she's um, an Olympic lifter. I'm more of an endurance athlete. So it's yeah. a CrossFit gym. Yeah. 
good combination so, of both things. The clientele, you know, I do more endurance people and she does more of the, you know, CrossFit uh, Olympic lifting population, which is nice. Yeah. So I just, I uh, just recently left the CrossFit population back in May and man, those people, that's a really, that's, <laughs> they work really hard to keep you in business, it seems like. And so, you know, it's, um, yeah, the whole like functional range conditioning, like you need the prerequisites to be able to do these things. And, and, you know, just the amount of uh, neurological muscle dysfunction that I come across with those, you know, and that's where my whole new fitness program is coming in is I'm just like, well, how do I make this better? Because like you shouldn't be doing a hundred pull-ups in a workout that's completely unnecessary. Like, what do you, like, nobody's David Goggins. What are you doing? You know? So like what's happening here? And so, um, you know, the, or the squatting below parallel thing. Like, I think that that's a competition standard. And if you don't have like, what matters is that you're squatting. Can you squat to a box? Great. You know, like my mom is, she uses uh, the stick mobility, uh, to squat down to a box and she just is now getting too parallel after co like me coaching her for like two years. You know what I mean? But I, yeah, just, I, mean, I just make modifications to, you know, what that person person's needs are. Right. And so I just, uh, read the book, the lost sense of balance. And, um, you know, they're talking about how most people over the age of 60 are a fall risk, but my mom's 69 and she's crushing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't matter. Like just get them moving around. You know, that's why I like uh, Dr. Perry's uh, primal movement chain so much. He's like, get these people on the ground and make them do stuff down there because that's not what they're doing and that's what they need. I had a uh, patient of mine who, she was, I think, in her mid-20s um, who had had chronic ankle sprains on both sides. Um, by the time she got into my office, she had quit her job. She had tried to move back home. She was in so much chronic pain because of these ankle sprains i mean and she was a young girl right so there was a lot of different kind of things going on with her case um but she used to be a triathlete so i think there was a huge component of her identity in the fact that she was this you know athlete right but when she came in here i had her um i was like all right let's get on the floor Jesse, I'm not kidding you. She got down on the floor like she was a 90-year-old woman. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, this is how I get on the floor. So for a good probably four weeks, all we did when she came in here was work on her standing and getting on the floor. Yeah. And, you know, once she was able to do that, it's funny how, you know, all of her like pain started to change because you're simply building their confidence and frankly moving through space. Right. You know? So she was like, she would come in, she'd be like, Oh my gosh, look at this. And she would like go from a standing position to sitting on the floor, which should be something that is not, you know, that difficult to do, but right. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And you know, the other interesting thing about her case too was on her first visit, I did a neuro exam. And she had severe uh, hyperreflexia. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. So, of course, I'm like, you know, I call up a buddy of mine uh, who's also a rock tape instructor, John Campioni. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> he's so yeah. I love him. Yeah. But uh, he's always my uh, neuro go-to guy. And I, I said, listen, I told him what was going on. And he said, you know, it sounds like her nervous system is really jacked up here. 
Yeah. He goes, why don't you do some um, blade work, which is one of the courses we teach for rock tape. Get her nervous system to settle down. You know, we worked on some breathing patterns and then retest her um, reflexes. And sure enough, man, she dropped down and she was like, you know, all of her reflexes settled down. Now, I still referred her to a neurologist to make sure everything, you know, came out and ruled out kind of the scary stuff, which it did. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was fascinating to me. And, you know, she's sitting there watching her knee basically kick me in the face. And then after our treatments, we do it again, you know, pre and post screen always. And that knee was just, you know, normal reflex. I mean, that's the kind of shit that gets these people excited. And they're like, oh, my God, like, you know, I got that neurological window where if you just see that neurological window, now you can drive home that function and now you get excited, they get excited, and that's your window to getting them better. Right. And so, you know, I use uh, muscle testing for that. And so, um, you know, I just have them lie face up on the table and I just do start doing non-discriminate muscle tests. So just, am I, I'm going to pick up your leg, resist me here. And if they can resist me, then... I do a spindle cell compression, and if the leg does not change, if it stays strong, then that means that their whole entire body is in a hypertonic state, which means that they're in a, a sympathetic state. And so then before you make a change, you have to get them into a parasympathetic state, you know, and it's like it's, it's really simple. And so that's the way that I uh, have taught it before is like you just got to look at that person. Are they safe or unsafe? Because if they're unsafe, you're not going to make any changes, you know, and that's like the, that's like the big, uh, the big problem that I have with pain science now is it's either one way or the other. It's so black and white, just like everything else in the world to where, well, pain is only an output of the brain. So if you just educate your patients on the brain, then they'll feel better. And you're like, no, sometimes you got to kiss their scraped knee and blow on it and it'll feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, you know, that's why I always encourage my students, you know, take a bunch of different classes, take the DNS course, take right. the RI course, take the FRC course, whatever you want to do, just get, you know, get some knowledge. And then you take, you know, your kind of key things that you, you know, that kind of struck home with you. But, you know, I think being just, you know, a one kind of, I don't know, specialty, if you will, it, not everybody responds to that. So the more kind of tools you have in your toolbox, I think you have more of an opportunity to be able to connect with a variety of different patients on what might work for them. Right. And we don't have to complicate everything. Yeah. You know, like if somebody comes into me from a CrossFit gym as an example, and they're like, I have shoulder pain. I'm like, well, why do you have shoulder pain? You can push press like over 200 pounds. And then you get them doing like an arm circle and you're like, Oh, your brain doesn't have any idea what your, what your shoulder is, you know? So I had uh, one person come in who um, was doing like a swimmer. So hovering back here and then right here, she would start to stutter like as her arms got to like parallel and she's like, what's that? I'm like, that's a, that's darkness in your brain map of your body. So that means you never move your shoulder in that position. So your brain doesn't have any idea what that position is. So then it's like you running through the living room and somebody turning off the lights and you're like, Oh shit, I'm going to hit a couch or table. I don't know what's going on in here now. And that's how, so 
if you just like reintroduce a range of motion, then your brain's like, oh, we don't hurt anymore because now exactly. we're, yeah. we're no longer under threat, right? Because like running around in a dark room is a threat response. And so you got to treat the rest of the body accordingly. And so that's like the same thing with the foot. Like why we have so many of our clients just as soon as they come into the gym, cool, let's take your shoes off and see what your foot can do. And then yeah, there's start. a lot of running around in dark rooms when it comes to the foot. Mechanics. Oh my God, so many. And so there's... Well, you take your shoe off and the, all the lights come on. You're like, what is this? <laughs> what is I know. So then like or the, the, if somebody comes into me with knee pain and they're wearing those Hoka shoes, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is where we're going to start. But my foot hurts. Like it's, yeah, it's like Neo from the Matrix. Like it's never felt the ground before. It needs to feel the ground. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a time and a place for all that, um, you know, all the different footwears. But, you know, yeah. I think ideally, the more that the patient can feel the ground and have their foot function like a foot, and the better off you're going to be. Yeah, that's amazing. Right on. This is a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, good to see you. Good I'm to see you as well. That. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you? Um, so my Instagram account is at gatehappens. Um, my Instagram account for the Colorado offices are total health solutions. Um, so those are kind of two platforms that we like to educate people on. Um, I, like I said, I have, our website is gatehappens.com and then, um, also total health solutions, ltd.com. So yeah, that's kind of, uh, where you can find me. So we are, uh, currently doing a bunch of virtual consultations. We're teaching top down, bottom up for rock tape. And then, yeah, I'm in this office four days a week, which is my passion seeing patients. So. Right on. And so that's, you can go to gatehappens.com and find out which uh, rock tape courses you're teaching and all that stuff. Yeah. So we have all the courses on there for the top down, bottom up, as well as the rock tape courses on there. Cool. And then uh, what books are you reading right now? Um, I am reading Chasing the Scream. Chasing um, the Scream. And... I, like I said, I just read The Go-Giver. Yeah. And yeah, Joe uh, always keeps me on my toes. He tends to read faster than I do, which is yeah. good. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> that speed reading thing has really helped me out a lot. I, I uh, listened to a couple podcasts with uh, Jim Quick yeah. on how to read faster, and that got me reading so much faster because then I'm like not losing interest. Because if I just read like... What's his name? Jim Quick. And so, like, if I just read at normal speed, I get so bored because I have so much ADD all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so hard. Right on. Yeah, so Chasing the Scream, and then he, that guy, Johan Hari, he wrote uh, Chasing the Scream, but he also wrote Lost Connections, which is on, um, you know, dealing with patients with depression or anxiety. And, uh, mm. yeah, so that's kind of what we're currently going through. But, uh, yeah, if anybody wants a, a nice quick read on – you know, really what I think is the backbone of creating a business that go giver is the way to go. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk soon. Yeah. It's good to see you. All right. Have a good day.